Welcome to The Disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell, and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts, and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical nine to five grind. On this episode, I'm speaking with Chris Goodchild, the founder and managing director of The Best Photo Booths and Magic Mirrors. I have to say that this episode was one of the most fun ones I've recorded so far. I really connected well with Chris and, and had a good laugh, as well as uh, sharing some celebrity stories, his business career starting at the age of eight, and some great advice in there as well. But before going into it, I just want to say that actually I was quite excited to speak to Chris because my idea of what a franchise is or was was certainly different to what I found out Chris's business to be and um, it's part of the reason why I started recording these podcasts is to explore businesses like this and to try and get under the skin of what makes them work and why franchise the organization and I think we do that really well in this this conversation with Chris so hopefully you enjoy Uh, but before we go into it uh, into the episode I have to uh, first of all say apologies to Lauren Chris's franchisee I got her name wrong a couple of times in this episode, so apologies, Lauren. I will remember your name forever. And for the rest of you, uh, enjoy, and here we go. So, Chris, welcome to The Disenfranchised. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. It's um, it's really good to have you here. And um, like with everybody else, I want to start the conversation by uh, asking you your first job. Okay, so uh, my first job was, um, I believe at the age of eight, I was self-employed and I used to go to boot fairs. So yeah, that was fun. When you was uh, eight, wow. That, that, uh, that's yeah. a young age to start work. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to think of the, you know, the very first job and that's the one that I can remember mainly. Um, I've done lots of jobs, but that's, that was my first one, you know, and it was great. It taught me a lot of things. You get up early, you go to a boot fair. Um, and I guess the hustle side of it was I used to buy things with my pocket money for £3.50. Um, and then I would resell it, double my money, do it again, do it again. Um, and then over the space of maybe, you know, half a day or good morning, like I could take home a good £100. Um, as an eight-year-old 30 years ago, that was quite good. That's unbelievable, mate. And and was that your idea, or was that your 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 parents' idea to yes. to, to to buy and sell at the boot fairs? Uh, so yeah, it was my parents' idea. Um, they used to do it a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, so I was just kind of, I went along. I was put in the car at the same time, and I just watched them and saw what they were doing. And I was like, you know what, that looks really fun. And when you're when you're young and you want things that are expensive, you're not really going to get them, right? So. No. It was a good way of saying if you want something, you got to work for it and get it. So my parents would say, "Look, yeah, here, here's three pound fifty. Do what you want with it." Classic mistake. Probably the first one I did. I just went and bought a burger, and what then I that? sat there all day bored. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's what I did on the what the one boot fair I've done is yeah, just went and brought some burgers, and I was I was in negative money <laughs> by the end of the yeah. day. But you learn, right? So I sat there all day and they said, look, it's a really important lesson. You've got no money now. You've wasted it. So, yeah, installed some really good values that the next week I didn't spend that. I think I bought like a an action man or something like that, you know, and sold it to another kid for 
two pound extra. Um, yeah, I loved it, and I still do. You know, if I could, if I could do it still now, my weekends are obviously taken up with what we do. But you know, I love a good boot fair. I love going to them as well. I love trying to find a bargain. So yeah, it's fun. Perfect. So that that kind of uh, entrepreneurial spirit, spirit from a, an early age, has that kind of transgressed into the, the your your career as an adult? Well, I guess I it guess has so. because your 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 yeah. business today, but before before your business today, which we'll go into in a moment. Yeah, I, I guess so. Absolutely, because I think when you see your parents, they've always been self-employed. Um, fortunately, my father passed, um, but always seeing your parents working super hard to you know put food on the table, um, being self-employed. I didn't really see anything other than that when I unless when I went to a friend's house and their dad got home at six and then he ran in and had his dinner and, and I'm like that, that's all you get with your dad or your mum and they're like yeah and that just didn't sit well with me I was just like well that's weird um where obviously my mum and dad worked really hard and but we used to go to the shop or the shops um and be with them um so it was a really good you know, indirectly, yeah, it was almost like a franchise model, I guess, right? So you can be work and be with your kids whenever you want. So, yeah, it was it was it was a good grounding. So, so what did your your parents do for work? Uh, so they owned a chain of um, like baby shops. So they did like prams and cots and things like that. Um, so you have, I think uh, the the most the, the best time that they had, I think they had four or five different shops all over um but then the recession hit really hard recession um and yeah they they struggled so we went being quite comfortable to um being in i remember being quite young and being in a flat with my siblings and it was just it was fun it was but it was awful you know when you go from quite you know these guys worked really hard for everything and then they lost it all so seeing the resilience that they had to come through it again is another great life lesson for for a kid to see oh you know hopefully my child won't children won't see me struggle as hard as that but um yeah it, it, it helped me definitely yeah and, and i guess you're 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 instilling these kind of values into your children now are you or are they a bit too young at the moment oh no then you're never too young to install these values yeah 100 percent. like even to oh, it's great my daughter can make me a cup of tea now love that <laughs> you know it's like if they're at an age where they can do things and you know help around the house or you know earn their pocket money then absolutely yeah like you're never too young to learn yeah I agree I've, well, <laughs> I've got my kids doing the dishwasher for me and, and things like that it makes sense doesn't it right it teaches them some lessons so that's pretty cool so in terms of um, your your career, then how how have you got from those early days, very early days, as uh, you know, working the boot fairs to to where you are today? What what other jobs or, or businesses have you have you had? Wow. Okay. So look, I won't tell you everything because I've done quite a lot. Um, I've been ice cream vans man. I've had hot dog stands. I've hustled a lot. Um, but I guess when I had a a proper business if that's what you call it uh, I was a graphic designer um, and I had a graphic design and marketing company um, and that resulted in 
after university, I, I went into London and, you know, some real talent out there that gets taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, and when I went into London, that's exactly what happened. You know, these guys were like, Do you know who we are and all that. And, and, you know, you walk out of uni going, well, thanks firstly for a job. And then secondly, yeah, you've got some amazing brands. But when you're really just starting out, you don't earn any money. And to work in London, you need to, uh, you need to earn, right? So yeah. it wasn't, again, that wasn't sitting well with me. So I was like, you know, you know what, you need to be paying me a lot more money just to do this job or, you know, I'm, I'm leaving really. And that's kind of within, I was saying that within the first three to six months, right? I knew already that this didn't fit really well with me. So I left London Um they replaced me very quickly because that, that's what London does, right? Yeah. It's, and, and that's it. You should never get too big headed and think that you're, you're not replaceable because everyone is. And again, that, you know, I was happy to be replaced because it was the best decision I did. So I went and worked for a printing company. I learned so much from working in a smaller company, um, the printing process, the advertising, the delivering, looking after the customer, rather than just being in a big agency where I was a creative mind. Yeah. Um, so there, from, from that, I said to the printing company, I think it was about 19 by this time or 20, um, that I want to do more. I want to be a creative director within three years. And they were like, you've got to be here for at least 10, etc." So yeah, it, it, again, I was like, I, I've got to go because this, this isn't working with who I am as a person. Um, and every time I kind of left these places, it, it was always left on good terms, right? Everyone just knew that I had a different route that I was looking for and I, and I couldn't find it yet. So I went and worked behind bars and I started up with two clients designing logos and websites. Um, and that was my career for probably the next 15 years. I built, you know, a really solid business. Um, and then from there, I invested a little bit into some property, um, sold a couple of properties. And then I had my firstborn and I thought, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna do anything now. I'm just gonna join my children my child my, my firstborn uh and i did i just kind of semi-retired that sounds insane but i did um and it was and, like, and how old were you at that point 33 something yeah like that <laughs> yeah so it was it was right that it it was because I sold my properties really because I was right at the height of the, it was a good time to sell basically. Um, and then it, it wasn't like I was going to retire for the rest of my life. It was like, I can take some good time out. Right. Um, yeah. So, and that's what I did. And then after maybe a year or so, uh, you know, you can't keep someone like, I guess myself just sat there doing nothing. Right. So I was always looking for the next opportunity. Um, and that, I guess that's what led me on to the photo booth is because we went to a wedding, really good friend of mine. And uh, just me and my best friend were sitting there having a drink, maybe more than just a drink. So, <laughs> yeah. And I saw a photo booth for the very first time, I guess. I'd seen him about, but I'd never really engaged with one before. And I got up and, and had a go. But the customer experience was shocking but the, the booth itself was really fun. So I was like, this, I went and asked the, the attendant, I said, you know, when she bothered to look at me or got off her phone, like she was, it was terrible. Um, and then I asked him the price points, et cetera. 
which were great really when you you know you can you're sitting there for three or four hours and and charging nearly a thousand pounds um so that got my entrepreneurial hustle excited and i was like that's just some good good money to be earned by this right um and she's like yeah yeah um oh the owners are in spain and i was like well of course they are if they've got something like this going or they've done clearly done well but they haven't by employing you right um so i was kind of i was kind of a little bit like this is really fun so i just went down sat sat down next to my friend and said look mate i I'm thinking of buying one of them and he said really <laughs> I, was like, I was like yeah why not was, we're getting older now why don't we go to uh weddings and parties and get paid for it and he was you could see him sitting there go okay how's this gonna work I said right if you come on board with me and just support it with me and help me and just see what just see what this see how well we could do really and he you know he was very successful in his own right he didn't need to do it he didn't really want to do it and like, I think it was just a drink um, and then we woke up in the morning and I'd already researched like so much and then <laughs> we, had a, we had a proper meeting and he said look yeah why not so fast forward and I, I, I'm just going to stop you there for a moment so this is one yeah, of those sorry. photo sorry. booths where um, you put on the cowboy hat the feather boa right and people just go in there and have a laugh and keep on coming back time and time again with another costume don't they yeah, that's exactly it. It is just, you know, two or three minutes of absolute fun. You lose your inhibitions. You have so much fun with your friends, family, and create some cool memories, right? The, yeah, the, you, you get the, the, I've still got little key rings and, and things yeah. like that that the kids love and, you know, keeping their yeah. rooms and stuff. So, yeah, it's good. You keep it, for, you keep it for years. Like my daughter, I've got a picture of my daughter in one of our photo booths that's been on there for three or four years. So, it is something people keep as a memory um and it from a marketing side or an advertising side that's really powerful that's that's got real value to it um from growing a business perspective because you know how many other businesses do you go and see or and they give you a business card or whatever or a flyer you don't stick that up on the fridge for four years <laughs> do you like there's not there's not really i can't really think of one now that I walk in my house and see a business like it's just not something that happens um maybe yeah. maybe if you did like a venture photo shoot and then you've got some really cool pictures of the family right but generally no um, it's, it's, it's creating memories and um there's an, an emotion attached to them as well you know I, I think some of the pictures that we've had are of people that maybe have now passed and to remember in, in that fun light is is really a cool thing you know um it make, puts a smile on people's faces when they remember or find it in that little memory box or something, you know, so that's, it is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that, that comes back to, you know, doing something you love, doing something that I, I, I really, really love to do. Um, and, it, and from a sales perspective, you know, we, we're selling memories and, and that's a fun thing to sell, right? Because every phone call I get to make or my team make, we're, we're not like the guy selling a phone or the, the windows or a gas or electric, right? People, that's a hard job, right? Yeah. Where every conversation we have, we've got a really happy person at the end of the phone and they want to tell you about their wedding and they want to tell you about their event and they want to tell you about, you know, the, the product they're launching in the NEC and how, you know, they really want us to help 
or their virtual event. We'll get onto that later. But yeah, it's it's such a great business to be involved with that people really, really like and, and we love doing. You know what? It reminds me of uh, well, it, it makes me kind of compare it to your 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 first job when you was eight, um, or the first time you was earning money. That that toy that you brought, you were giving joy to someone else, right? And you saw their smiling faces. So, and and for yeah, you, you're think, getting to see that that toy for a little while, maybe play with it, I guess, and then before you before you, before you pass it on. So it's similar kind of thing, isn't it? You're enjoying it, right? <laughs> I guess I guess so. I, if I'm brutally honest, I just enjoyed making money when I was eight, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I didn't really care if he was happy. I just made I just doubled my money, right? It was amazing for an eight year old. Um, Maybe I was yeah. looking too much into it then. <laughs> I wanted to be really romantic about it. I could say absolutely, I loved seeing their faces walking away with a new action man toy. But no, I just loved the fact that I doubled my money. <laughs> 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 perfect I, I actually wanted to, to 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 next ask you though about um you know work, working in bars and then doing kind of graphic design a couple of projects here and there that those early days that must have been kind of really tough because you're you're not seeing the money then at that point are you really you're just kind of picking up the odd bit here and there and I'm guessing you know you know maybe getting a couple of hundred pounds or something like that and uh, you must have thought where is this going? Is this even going to be a success? I mean, what, what, what thoughts were running through your mind at that point? Yeah, so that's, that was, that's a really good question because it just comes down to that belief again, okay, um, in, in yourself and in what you really want to do and what you're prepared to do to get it. So I really wanted to be a graphic designer. I really wanted to do logos and brochures and websites. You know, that was, that was the dream, right? Yeah. So... Working in a bar, if that enabled me to get to that place, that was what I was going to do. And yeah, the money was terrible <laughs> um, and the hours were hard, but it's like anything. You do the hours, you save the money and you hustle and, and you get, you start talking to people and you network and it just builds up. You know, you, you can grow it um, organically really well, especially if you're good at what you do, um, which I was quite good. I'm a very good designer. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it, it was a good time. It was a good time. I still do it. I still do my graphic design, I still do my, my websites and my brochures and stuff. And that's now become a hobby, which is an incredible thing. When you look at it, the, the thing that I set out to become actually became, I, I achieved it, but it actually then became my hobby where something I never set out to do, um, has become hopefully my legacy yeah that's cool but it's it, it, it you, you say it like it's quite an easy thing for people to do you know just decide what you want to do and then just go out there and do what you need to do it um and if you look at most not most people but a lot of people in their their day-to-day -day lives in their employment they're not doing jobs that they're happy with you know this is the reason why the 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 hate mondays thing goes around you know <laughs> don't hate mondays yeah. because so many people just dread going into work the next day so why, why do you think there's that that barrier in people's minds that stops them to to know what they want to do and then just do it have you got any thoughts on that yeah it's you know it's not easy it's probably the hardest thing you're ever going to do um but if you truly want it you'll do it it's that simple um uh i've done awful jobs that i've woken up and 
I just did not want to go there, you know, I physically felt sick. Um, but you do it because you've got your end goal, right? You, you, you do the job, but if you want something else, no one else is going to help you. So you've got to get in at five or six when you get home. And instead of moaning about your horrible job, you have your dinner and you hustle to one in the morning. And then you work to, to, to make that plan happen. If you just come home and moan and wish you had a better job, then that's all on you, in my opinion. Um, because I think if you speak to anyone or anyone that's really successful, um, it's not easy. They've worked super hard for it, you know, really hard. Um, I always say to people that you can be connected and you can be, you know, put in front of some really good people. But if you're not good at what you do, that connection is worthless. Um, so you can be referred to lots of people but if you actually aren't very good at it you're not you're not going to succeed so i would also say that if you really want to do something make sure that you go into this and you are fully committed at being the best at what you do um because that's the only way you're really gonna um you know do well in my opinion if, if you just leave the yeah. job and go to a job that you or try and set up a business on the side as a side hustle and then you just try and live a great life unfortunately that won't happen it's very rare that that will happen, you know, um, which is why the franchising model, I gravi gravitated towards a franchise model because of how successful my business was becoming. But I didn't want to go, I didn't want to employ loads of people. I just, I just thought we're really, really busy. Um, what's, how do I grow this? Or, you know what, do I just do this? And this is fine because we've, We've got an amazing brand, good reputation, works coming in on referrals. But I guess that that's not me, right? So I was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I saw more. I, I still see lots of more and potential. And the idea of mentoring someone or helping someone else create their own dream, um, that that makes me feel good. So, it, yeah, it, it feels like you 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 like being surrounded by motivated people, right? And for you, you're, you're, you're early in your, your journey as a, a franchisor, uh, I, I know. Um, but I guess, yeah, you, you had that decision, right? You, you can either employ people who might be passionate about the business, they might not, they might fall out of love with it, might not see things the same way you do. But by operating that franchise model, I guess you, you've got people that are, are fully motivated around you. But so as you grow, as you build out this, this franchise, how important is it for you to have the right people on board, the right franchi franchisees buying into your brand? Uh, it's everything. Absolutely everything. Um, and it's my main focus right now. You know, we've, we've launched our franchise uh, officially five months ago. Um, and we've got our first franchisee. Um, and she's incredible. And I'm very proud of her, you know, buying a franchise in lockdown and, uh, you know, taking on um, bookings now um, and for the future. And just her whole approach is why we awarded her the, the franchise. And that's what I think uh, prospects really need to understand is that you get awarded a franchise. Right. You don't, in, in my opinion, like uh, we've had a lot of people that want to buy my franchise. And that sounds incredible, but it's not because they're not the right people for this franchise, right? Yeah. Um, and I and I 
could take money off of people, but I, I just won't do it. It's not ethically right. It, it just it doesn't work for us. So we will absolutely, and I will absolutely um, make sure anyone that joins our family is right for it because that, that's what we are. Um, and, and you are going to be with us for a very long time. And we want you to thrive and succeed like we have. So no, it's... It is so important for me, especially just starting as a franchisor as well. You know, it's got to, these are like the, the strongest pillars of our business are our first five to 10 franchisees, right? So they have to be right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to use the word family there, you know, um, uh, you hear that word bounded around quite a lot in, in, in employment and in, in just in the world in general, this is our family. But when you said that it was, it was really like you, you meant it. This is a, um, going to be a long-term relationship. You're not in it just for the, the, the franchise fee up front, right? No, not at all. No, it is it, it, 100%. It is a family. I've got a sisterhood and a brotherhood. That's, you know, because family does get banded around a lot. Um, and I play sport. Um, I'm a very team player and we call it the brotherhood in our hockey squad and things like that. And it's, it's something that I've, I've played hockey since I was eight as well. Right. So <laughs> when, when you are surrounded by people that are just have one common goal that will really be there for you, they train with you, they want to win they want to, that is something that you can't buy. That is just a feeling. Um, so when I, look for a franchisee that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for that gut feeling that you know they're they're part of the family right and if they need us we're there no matter what it's not it's not even not even a question so you know if laura needs me now like it's not a problem i'd leave this podcast sorry mate. <laughs> no, no, that's fair enough like that's... it's it's family first right <laughs> yeah exactly it's great it's great to hear although if my kids come running in i am going to kick them out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's different. If my kid ran, you know, I'd go mental. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it is it is really important that that family feel. Yeah, cool. And and you, you said there, Laura's joined you during lockdown during COVID, right? And um, people that are listening to this are going to think, well, how are you operating a photo booth during during lockdown when you you can't meet people face to face, you can't have big parties? So yeah, how has that impacted your business and how or why has that made sense to, to Laura? It's Lauren, as in Lauren oh, Hill. Lauren, I'm so sorry. I'm so That's sorry. Right. No, it's like the singer, Lauren Hill. Great singer. Got you. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's, um, the way it's impacted our business is it's actually made it better. That's, that's the, that's the short answer, right? Because we had to do, I'm going to say it, but we had to pivot <laughs> um, and it was gonna it was gonna have to come in during the interview but it, it's true right you have to pivot you have to make sure that you are um it's gonna you're gonna survive and that's what we did so for us bringing on a virtual element as a photo booth was the way forward for us so yeah that's and and going online as well and our booking systems we put so many things in place over the last year it's it's so good um and because of the, the demand for our services, especially now um, with the hospitality and the wedding sector, everyone just wants to get out. They want to have a party. So now we've got the roadmaps in place, etc. People are either postponing and booking us two or three years ahead, which is 
amazing from yeah. a business perspective because you've got a pipeline of business two years, three years in advance. Okay. So that's great. Um, and also our virtual events are becoming really popular for our corporate clients now, you know, um, we haven't done any really, we've done a few birthdays um, virtually, um, but a lot of our business now is just corporates. They need to find something fun, something engaging. Um, yeah, I, I think. I was at the uh, the BFA event that you, you held with the, the photo booth and it's quite cool going on there and just taking the, uh, the, the kind of boomerangs and creating photo frames around yourself and making a little, you got silly glasses on and stuff. It's pretty cool. But the thing that was really nice about it was that it all came together and BFA could then use it for their branding, the British Fran uh, Franchise Association, by the way. But um, yeah, it was, it was really cool to see. It was something that, you know, me personally, I'd never seen before digitally. And I like the way it brings everybody together, despite all being online through Zoom and, and somewhere different. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what we wanted to do, right? Um, it was so easy for us to go, you know what, we can just make a filter, but everyone can do that anyway. So we had to come to the market with something that was completely different, something that's scalable, something that can go all over the world. Um, and us being able to, you know, we're doing things in Dubai and France and Germany all in one go. And I think our biggest event, we had 10,000 people over a week, um, 35 countries involved, um, it was it was amazing it was amazing yeah so that's something that we're growing as well right because of the world of hybrid is coming so that's stuff that we're, we're developing um but in in answer to your question about you know how do you when you're locked down in an event industry and how do you make money and survive it's it's absolutely networking it's at, like talking to people that you wouldn't normally be able to talk to, right? We're normally so busy. There was no way I would be able to do a podcast with you or something like that, right? And I love yeah. that. And it's just, it's freed up a lot of time to be creative and talk to other people that you wouldn't normally be able to speak to. Um, and that's what that's all that we're doing. It's, it's just networking, hustling, talking to people, showing people what we do, creating that interest. Um, and then hopefully when people want to hire a, a magic mirror or a photo booth, we're right up there because we haven't just turned the lights off and then a year later, we're going to turn them back on. Right. We, we just, I refuse to do that. Yeah. What, what I like is that you've take, you've seen a, a problem and a challenge, right? That people can't engage like they used to in parties, weddings, that kind of thing. Um, but you've found something that's entertaining that, connects people and you, you like you say you could have just switched the lights off but instead you've adapted i'm, I'm using adapted rather than pivot <laughs> <laughs> you've adapted to the to the challenge and found a solution and i think people are, are chomping at the bit to do something different right I'm, i mean i'm doing online escape rooms now when i never would have done before but it's, 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 it's watching Netflix night after night. It gets a bit monotonous, doesn't it? So people are looking for different things to do, different experiences, and you just found a a way to to get your business in into that that in that that gap, so to speak. But I'm pretty certain after the lockdowns have all ended, you know, there's going to be a, a flood of people that are wanting to make it the best party ever or the best wedding ever because they've had to postpone it for two years and they've saved a bit more money. So I can see there's, there's going to be a, a real boom time for you, but you mentioned it earlier, hybrid. 
events what what are they and what do they look like um okay so a hybrid event is a, a combination of an in-person event with an online virtual event all right and if you if you you marry them two together so the, one of the easiest way to explain it is we have a, we've got a client who is going to do a marathon um and they want something different and they know that hybrid is you know going to be a thing um so we had i had a, a discussion with them so we came up with this idea that not everyone is going to want to come to the marathon because of whatever reason maybe they can't get there or maybe they're just a little bit unsure because of covid etc right but they're used to virtual everyone is um so right bring in a virtual element with a live element how do you do that so that's kind of what people come to us for now um so what we're going to do is we're going to create a fully brandable uh experience online for people to take selfies um while they're doing the run at home or uh, uh video boomerangs um and then they can upload these to a live stream so their live stream can then be played uh across the internet or at the event itself so it's a bit like saturday night takeaway when you've got ant and deck and then the audience in the background so you'd almost have all these virtual people taking part in the marathon virtually yeah. um, and creating that engagement and giving them the choice to be uh, at the marathon and still raise money, right? So the virtual photo booth will be linked to a Just Giving page. So once they take their photo, they can then donate as well. So commercially it works, it's fun, it's engaging and it's virtual. The hybrid element comes in where at the event, we're going to have a, mag a magic mirror so they can take photos on the day with all the, the before they go for a run. So in front of this six foot mirror, they can have a physical photo, engage with uh, the, the mirror on the day. Um, and then we might move it into to the end of the, the, um, uh, the marathon as well. Uh, and then they can have a picture with their, with their, uh, their medal. So you're bringing a hybrid event. So we've got a, a physical magic mirror there. Yeah. And at the, on the day, the guys there can have a printed photo of they finished the race <laughs> and it's all branded up and they can go, you know what, they're going to go and they're going to put that on their fridge. And that's going to be on their fridge for the next minimum year because they'd probably do the marathon the next year, right? Yeah. So it takes so many boxes from a marketing or advertising or a customer experience perspective because you know the our client will be able to offer an incredible experience to the, the people taking part our client will be able to raise money and the uh, and our client will also be able to have an advert on someone's fridge for the next 12 months so it's yeah. it just takes so many and it's all fun so that's yeah. the bottom thing it's all fun yeah i mean j just from uh thinking kind of with a, a bit of a commercial head on and the kind of corporate companies i mean you can have people sponsoring the events and the sponsor is you know uh yeah. whichever brand and you can take a picture with the 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 caricature caricature from the brand or the product of the brand or the superstar that's that's representing them if it's nike or something like that and then um, from what I understand, you can share via social media, via your your magic mirror as well, can't you? So, yeah. So you can do. We perfect. can do so much with it. We can even do AI, where we could have, let's say, you had a celebrity, 
we can have them virtually uh, come into the on the mirror on the screen and you can have a picture with them. It, they're not even there, but they can walk in. So at Christmas, we do it with Santa. Santa walks in, you can have a picture with Santa virtually. Um, but it's it, there's so much stuff that we can do uh, that, that we, you, you know, we're just looking for the opportunities now um, for companies to be a bit more creative, reach out to us and, and then let us know, you know, we can just let them know what we do really because a hybrid is, is going to be huge, you know, yeah, it sounds yeah. like it sounds like there's lots lots of potential anyway, because not everybody's going to be comfortable as soon as the the roadmaps, you know, we've got we've gone to the end of the roadmap. Not everybody's going to be out and about still. I still think there's going to be a lot of caution and you never know what's yeah. going to happen. So these types of events are going to have to happen if they want to capture a big enough audience. But um, it, it sounds like you you have a lot of fun <laughs> in, in your work. So um, what, what, what do you what's the best thing about it? What? What do you love the most about uh, the the work that your business does? Um, well, first and foremost, it doesn't feel like a job, right? <laughs> yeah. We get to go to a party. That's my job. So I get to go to a different party or a wedding or occasion or a launch. And that makes my job amazing. I, every, every day is different. So... You know, I'm not going in doing my nine to five and I know my job and that's it, right? I'm I'm, yeah. I'm waking up every day going, okay, so we've got a, a huge brand I'm talking to tomorrow. And then the next day I'm talking to an amazing bride who's so funny, who just loves, wants to tell me about her day. And then the next day I'm doing a 40th birthday or a surprise 90th party. It's every day's different and, it, and I love that. And then when you get to actually go to the event and, and engage with all different people, it's... I said, why would you not like that? It's just fun, right? It's just a fun job. Um, but you have to yeah. be a certain kind of person to do it as well. So <laughs> That sounds good. It sounds good. But uh, are, there, are there any funny stories that have cropped up either in, in that or in your, your uh, previous work? Any funny or so, weird stories? I work in the event industry. So there's lots <laughs> of weird and wonderful things that I get to see. Um, you know, and what goes in the booth stays in the booth as we say um so i can't say too much but ah okay so that's a good question um i'm just trying to think of one that i can say on camera really because there's so many funny ones um there was an event actually where i got to meet which i didn't know was going to happen i knew that it was kind of a a big thing uh we were told the address and that was it um we had to be there super early so nothing really out of the ordinary um until we turned up right this 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 place was incredible um and then i guess the first person i saw was jamie redknapp walk around the corner and just go oh lads and we were like okay yeah and then and then as this party was filling up you know people were coming up we had paris hilton jamie redknapp jack whitehall um david cameron was there john snow like all these weird and wonderful people that you wouldn't really normally put together were at this house, well, mansion. Um, and they were, they were just loving what we were doing. And they were just, you know, people just get a bit, uh, I don't know. They stand they're a bit shocked when they see a famous person, which I don't know why I don't, I just think, well, they're just a normal person and yeah. that's the route that they've chose. Right. So when you, when you do talk to celebrities or famous people, they are just normal people. So, and when you're when you've got Sting just having a chat and 
it's it's an incredible feeling like and you're not I think they feel more comfortable with us that we don't go oh okay you're Sting or you're Paris Hilton I think if you if you're able to just talk to them on the same level which they are in my opinion anyway you know they've yeah. just you know they've just got a different route I, I, I agree and I, I know that comes from my mum because I've got a, a story to share on on famous people and um it, it starts with her she, she worked um at a part-time job at the local zoo and this local zoo um it's fairly well known it's it's port Lim, but you tend to get quite a lot of celebrities come in there and um uh, vic reeves he he lived around the corner so he was a regular there and he was a good friend friend with uh the the owner of the the, the zoo or wildlife park or whatever you want to call it so my mum was working in the the kitchens and she was on the till basically and she said she's told me a few different stories but she had um Michaela Strachan come up if you remember her yeah um to her one day and say what's in this this soup and it was tomato soup and my mum went tomatoes is it vegetarian <laughs> she went yes wow. it's tomatoes <laughs> so that, she, she just laughed at that one but the the, the, yeah. the story that um, really got me and, and made me realise this is why I just see them at the, the same level is uh, Damon Hill was in the, the restaurant one day and he decided just to barge past everybody and go to the front of the queue and my mum just looked at him and, and went what are you doing and he yeah. said oh, I'm just trying to buy this no you don't you get to the back of the queue <laughs> and she just sent him back in <laughs> and, I I thought I it was bet hilarious. He I bet you respected her so much for that. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, she she had some more stories as well, but I, I won't yeah. go into those. But in in terms of the, the the event the events industry, then just to go back back to that, what do you think hybrid is the way forward, or how do you see the the industry evolving, and how do you plan to maybe grow your business within that world? So, with a hybrid, yeah, absolutely, it's gonna. I'm trying. I'm I'm a big fan of trying to say that word as much as i can right now because i want to help people right i really do and i think that it's an important message to get out there but there's a difference between saying the word hybrid and then not being out and not following it up right so it's going yeah. to be like this fashionable word that people kind of kind of say but no one really knows what it is um so yeah that the hybrid and and actually finding out how that can help clients getting out of lockdown is, is going to be great. Um, and I just think we're just going to get really busy with it really, because uh, there will be a dip on, on when we're allowed out because people will just flock outside and they want to be and hug and, and have an event and stuff. But then you will get those cautious people that you were mentioned earlier and they won't want to go out and they still want that virtual option. Um, and brands are looking at that and thinking that's a lost opportunity if we don't focus on them as well, rather than, yeah. oh, everyone's going to come to our our event now because they're allowed, right? Um, and it's also going to help people get to um, virtual reality quicker as well, I believe. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, in 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 growing your your business, then you, like like we said earlier, you've gone down the the, the franchising route. So, I wanted to ask you because it sounds like you're you're very um particular as to who you bring on on board and it, it makes sense it's um it's a good way to keep your brand operating as efficiently as possible and with the right level of integrity but um 
when you're looking at franchise partners or franchisees, what are you looking for in them? What, what's the key thing that you want to, to, to see from them? Yeah, so it's a good question. It's, it's quite easy to answer as well. It's, it's that I'm looking for people, a people person, someone that's engaging, someone that will be, you know, that's fun because they're front facing and people buy into people. And what we do is all about that. It's creating those memories with someone that's really fun, right? So yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's the first thing I look for. You know, I, I will always Zoom call my prospects. So if anyone listens to this or sees this and thinks, you know, I really want to get in contact with these guys, be prepared to, to meet me, right? Because I'm, I'm going to want to chat and I'm going to do it on Zoom. And if you're, if you're not prepared to have that conversation with myself, then it's probably not worth you contacting us, right? You have to be a people person. Um, so that's the first thing. The other thing is that hustle that I keep saying, right? Since I was eight and, and starting my own businesses up and things like that, that, that you need as, as an entrepreneur or as someone that's starting their own business. If, if someone's got that hunger, you know, you don't even need qualifications to do what we, what, what we do at all. You just need to be a people person and someone that's really happy to work hard because you will absolutely reap the rewards from it. Um, and that's, that's kind of it really, you know, um, the, the franchise model works so well because we've done, we've done all the hard work in some respects. So I don't need someone to, you know, show me that they can do a marketing plan. I don't need that. I don't, I don't need someone that shows me, you know, how they can do their finances. You know, we can help them with that. It's not a problem. I need someone that's going to get up, get out there, be <laughs> fun and create an absolute uh, whirlwind of, uh, you know, fun and enjoyment for the people that they're around. They're, they're the people, you know, that I want to be talking to. All the other stuff, we, we help with that. We support that. And that's, that is the beauty of the franchise model. Yeah, it's, it's great. And um, it's, it's, it's something I really like about the franchise and industry is, um, you, you know, the, the franchisors that I meet and speak to, they've all got passion and drive for what they, they want to do, uh, you know, for their businesses, sorry. And there's a, a good, always a good reason behind it. So um, they, 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 of course, look for people with similar traits to them you know and it, it makes sense and so what you you end up with is this big group of people that are all driven and proactive and um and energized to 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 share and, and do good things for each other so i'm, I'm leading on to now to a, another question i wanted to ask you and that was what what kind of inspirational things have you seen within franchising or within your career uh so within franchising because i'm you know, I've come to it quite, uh, it's, I'm still in my early stages of that, right? So I get inspired by other people around me that I'm now engaging with, right? So I guess the easiest way to answer that is becoming a member of the British Franchise Association. The people involved with that have inspired me to become the best franchisor I can be. So that's one. Um, the other thing is joining things like the the mastermind group or the franchise mastermind group has so many uh, people in them that it, that inspire me. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I love that. So I don't, I couldn't pick one out. Um, there's lots of people that you look at in life and go, oh, they inspire me. But for, for what I'm doing, I get inspired by people that uh, following the same road or map as me 
Um, and I, yeah, that, that really helps. So being able to engage with those people on these different platforms. Um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying that. Um, did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that is excellent. So um, I, we've mentioned the British Franchise Association a couple of times. So um, do they, you know, when, when you're working with them, do they set out uh, guidelines, regulations? How, how do they support you and your, your business to make sure that you're a good franchisor? Um, so, yeah, great question, really. Um, what, what happens is you apply... The way I'll just tell you how I did it, and it's probably the best way to do it. Sure. Right. So, you 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 look at what I did is I looked out how to franchise, um, and a lot of people go underneath that banner, and you've got to be really careful because there are so many people out there that are going to take advantage of the naivety of someone that doesn't know about franchising. Um, and I I got stung. I you know I did. I I met some some people that I shouldn't have. But you learn from it. You don't let it bother you. You do at the time it bothers you, right? But I learned yeah. from it, um, and and it it just drove me to to not let one single person ruin my dream or my legacy. So it it made me more determined. If I was completely honest, I lost some money, but it is what it is. Um, so I reached out to the BFA, and when I met Pip um, virtually and on the phone, she was so supportive and she was so like. You know what we're going to put our the bfa arm around you we love what you're doing we're, we're we're gonna help you through this but there are things that you've got to you've got to do right and i was like yeah bring it on it's not a problem and they, they do they go through your business they go make sure that what you're saying is correct they make sure that what you're doing is ethical um and that you you know you can sell a product or a franchise that is scalable um so that's what they did. And yeah, it took five months or so or whatever in lockdown, which was amazing because what else was I doing um, <laughs> other than building my virtual photo booth? Um, but that was that was great. And I can't thank the BFA enough because they continued to um, support me and what we're doing. Um, and I would thoroughly recommend people, uh, if they're looking at franchising, that should be their first point of call, in my, in my opinion, okay? Just because these guys have been around a long time, they know what they're talking about, um, and, and they're very well connected. So, you know, everything from our franchise agreement that was redone, you know, it had to be. It wasn't right. It just, it just wasn't right. So, you know that, I guess our franchisees know as well that because we have our accreditation with the BFA, that, that provides them with, you know... A, reinsurance that we've gone through all the, the right checks you know and it's a it's not it's not cheap if you buy a franchise like our franchise it's not super expensive but it's not cheap so if you're going to be spending eighteen thousand pounds plus you want to know that the, you're spending that in the right place and the, the you know the franchise model has been overlooked and that's and that's what the bfa does um so yeah so would that be your your main piece of advice you'd give to anybody who's thinking thinking about joining a, a franchise, whether it's yours or any others? It's is to to look at the the BFA first, or do you have any other advice? So for me, if you're looking if you're looking to leave your job uh, and and go into franchising, my first bit of advice would be find what you love to do, right? 
and then see if there's a franchise that fits that model. Okay, don't just buy a franchise because it's a proven model and someone's done really well. There's a reason why they've done well. It's because they love it, right? And yeah. they, 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 they're good at it. Not you just buy it. And there are, there are franchises out there that you can buy, you know, um, and, you'll, and you'll earn a good living, right? But you're doing that anyway at a job that you, a vanilla job that you might just be doing anyway, right? So my first bit of advice would be find something you absolutely love and if you think, you know, I really want to do, be a painter, right? Or something like that. And you don't want to go through the hassle of doing the logo, doing the website, do the marketing, doing all that, all the stuff, the scary stuff at the beginning and the, and the time and all that kind of thing. Then you find a franchise model because then you can bring something that you love to do and then run with it pretty much on day one. Um, so that, that would be my first bit of advice. Find something you love to do um yeah does did that help <laughs> yeah no I, I think it's spot on and it, it's it's becoming a, a recurring theme you know the more people i speak to the more it's going back to your your core values what what do you like doing and and i guess i think part of it is what are you good at as well right because um look i love playing guitar but it doesn't mean i'm any good at it <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't mean i'm gonna earn money from it you know so I think I think you have to kind of look at that as well. And um, uh, somebody said to me, you know, speak to your friends, your colleagues, you know, ask them what you good at as well, and where do they see you? You enjoying things? So th those couple of elements together, I think, are the like you say, the most important thing to think about before you even leave your job or hand in your notice. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think look people don't just wake up in the morning and go you know what i really want to own a magic mirror they don't, they're not going to do that right the people people that we're looking for are people that wake up and go i really want to be in a fun environment in it i want to be a people person i want to grow a company i want to have my own team i want to party i want you know i want some fun in my life i want to do different things every day they're the people that we want to look for so you know it's not yeah, I don't think anyone wakes up and says, "Do I, I want to own a photocopies company?" Right? <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that it's not that it's the the photo booth magic mirror is an amazing thing that can enable you to have an incredible lifestyle um, and and a great income as well. Um, and if that's something that that you that your audience thinks ticks their boxes, then absolutely, I wouldn't mind hearing from them. Awesome. Well, Chris, I think that's a good good place for us to finish for today. So thank you so much for, for sharing your, your stories with, with us and, and talking about your business. Um, if people wanted to find you, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch? So if they want to go to uh, the best magic mirrors franchise.co.uk or they can email us on info at the best magic mirrors. No, I've messed it up. Well, don't worry. I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you what we do. We just put the links in the uh, in the, the in the text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, do that. No worries. Chris. I'm doing so well. Don't worry about it. So, Chris, thank you very much for your time. And um, yeah, take care. Thank you very much. Cheers, Ed. There we go. So that was my conversation with Chris Goodchild of The Best Photo Booths and Magic Mirrors. 
I think um, listening back to it, that was one of my most fun interviews that I had where I actually had quite a good laugh talking to Chris and it doesn't surprise me really thinking about it now because he's got quite a fun job, it sounds like. He's, he's almost having too much fun. But the deeper we, we delved into that conversation, the you, more that you realise that actually he's worked hard and to use his word, he's hustled to make this a business that stands out from the crowd. Uh, it could have been quite easy for him just to buy a photo booth and just turn up to weddings, but he's turned this into a really professional business that has now adapted during COVID times to offer an additional service. So not just photo booths, but magic mirrors and starting to offer this service to corporate clients as well, which I think is really impressive, but a real sign of Chris's character in all in all. Uh, but also I think it's a sign of having the right support around you can allow you to achieve great things as well. So Chris was really key to point out that he's had support from other franchisors as well as the BFA, the British Franchise Association, which I think is really important. And, and something I love about the franchising industry myself is there's this big group of entrepreneurs around you and they're not afraid to help. They're all hard workers and they're all happy to, to share their advice with each other, which is fantastic. So other things I quite liked was the, the, the celebrity stories that we both um, shared, uh, but also the advice at the end from Chris. I think we've said it a few times with other guests, but I think he said it really well there at, at the end. Do something that you love. And that's it. It was just as simple as that. Do something that you love, whether it's franchise or otherwise do something you love and you're going to enjoy it at the end of the day so that was it that's my conversation with Chris Goodchild hopefully you enjoyed it if you did please give us a share and subscribe and we'll catch you on the next one thank you